ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. Yo, 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 beautiful people. How's it going? Hope you are all doing well wherever you are in the world. And this week on the Ascend podcast, I bring to you another episode of Observing My Thoughts. Had a lot of great feedback after the last one I did. A lot of you guys said, when are you doing the next one? So I thought, why not? Let's do another one. It's been a few weeks now. So this is going to be an episode of Observe Me Thoughts. And I really do like these conversations because, as you know, when I do these in-person conversations, sometimes it's really hard to sort of dive into all the things that I'm working on. And throughout my my day-to-day life and throughout the months, sometimes in between doing podcasts, I have a lot of things that I'm working on, a lot of new thoughts, a lot of new concepts, a lot of new ideas that I'm playing with, and it's just be it's so for, sometimes refreshing to get it when it's raw and on my mind, and maybe something I still haven't even processed through, and it's good to share with you, and I'm sh- and it's good to share with you all, and sort of you could see where I'm at with my thoughts, and you can sort of go from where go from there in your own selves. And obviously, if you don't like these Observe Me Thoughts, I completely understand that. You can just skip these episodes and sort of just tune into the normal podcast because every single week without fail, there'll be normal podcasts with guests. So anyway, this is an episode of Observe Me Thoughts. There's so many different areas I can dive into. There's so many different concepts and things that I'm playing with, especially this week. There's been a lot, lot going on. But anyway, I thought a really funny start of this podcast, and maybe one of the funniest starts to the podcast ever, is I was reading an article the other day, and it was talking about this, the top of the statement said, female masturbation opens up a portal to hell. <laughs> so I thought that was absolutely um, hilarious. And that this supposedly was by a Christian leader, and she was talking about making making uh, statements of saying that how masturbation opens up a sort of a demonic realm, a demonic realm which I thought was absolutely um, sort of so hilarious. And it's really funny because my first inclination was that I said to myself, it definitely does, but it's only it has to be done right first of all. <laughs> and second of all, I was thinking about when I was younger and um, and I was 13 or 14 years old and I first uh, started masturbating. <laughs> and I was thinking in my head, did I feel that it opened up a portal to hell? I don't think so. <laughs> for, for me, when I was younger, it felt more like heaven. When you're 13 or 14 years old and you stumble across masturbation for the first time, I think you feel like it's a, it's the most uh, a most a magical thing that you've ever you've ever done in your life. <laughs> I thought it was really funny as well that I put this I put this on the Facebook page, and there was one uh, great comment from one of the podcast listeners. One of the podcast listeners wrote, and I suppose that um, I suppose for men, this is what she said. She said, "I suppose for men." When men masturbate, they go to heaven, do they? <laughs> I thought that was absolutely hilarious, and that's that's uh, so true. That's so true as well. What I thought was really funny as well, uh, this, the, it says on the statement that the Christian leader also has warned that sex toys are used in uh, demonic rituals. I thought it was really funny. I mean, I can just imagine now, sort of the 
the elite of the world, like the Illuminati, the Freemasons, whatever you want to call them, all sitting around at the round table, the knight's round table, all sort of with fleshlights and dildos just swinging them around, having these sex orgies. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't put it past them, though. I really wouldn't. But on a serious note, though, as well, I think that this, this conversation in general of sexual repression, I think it's a really big thing because you get certain, certain st- stupid statements like that from, obviously... It's obviously from more of a religious background, but in society in general, this is definitely going on. There's a lot of sort of sexual repression around many different cultures, and in sort of Western culture as well. I mean, it's it's changing a lot now, but I think in general, I mean, we're all sexual beings, and we all have sort of we all have these sexual impulses on a daily daily basis, and I think these impulses are fundamentally natural to human beings and I think when you do start sort of trying to numb them out and, and sort of hide from them and lie to yourselves I think that's when a lot of serious serious problems can happen I mean even if we just look in the sort of just to use a bit of an extreme situation but if you look at sort of um, religious religious um, practices and religious sort of organizations we obviously we we've heard a lot of scandals in the news lately about how sort of certain priests and things like that are obviously sort of um, have sort of sexual interrelations with with sort of young people and things like that and there's obviously a lot of sort of um, sick things going on like that and I think that does sort of stem stem from a sexual repression and I know obviously that is an extreme but in just in society in general I think we do have all these natural impulses in in the society itself tells you to sort of numb them out don't listen to them um, sort of don't don't um don't don't pay too much attention to it but in general if in our bodies in our, our bodies in itself I think we have to we have to honor honor that energy because sexual sexual and, and sexual um, feelings is an energy, and I think we, if we get if we go back down to sort of a quantum level and we're scientists say that we are just all, we are just made of energy. That's all we are. This energy is sort of wants to be flowed and it wants to be directed in certain directions. And I think we really do get into dangerous ground as a society when we start aligning ourselves against all these natural impulses. And never mind just our natural impulses, we're going against our sort of natural senses. I mean, you know, in a in a sort of a weird way, I keep thinking in my life is that we're, as a civilization, we're not wanting to be human anymore. I mean, we're washing ourselves in chemicals, we're brushing our teeth in chemicals, we're breathing in chemicals in the atmosphere, we're eating chemicals, pesticides, herbicides, preservatives. I mean, our natural senses are just being bombarded from many different directions. I mean, even in terms of going outdoors anymore, I was reading a study the other day about how the pollution within the in the house environment is actually ten times worse than it's ever been and ever been in, in home environments. I mean, even within a house environment, you have all the different sort of um, you have all the different things within your house that leach chemicals. I mean, uh, laptops, even this microphone I'm recording on now leaches chemicals. Um, all the plastics in the houses all leach chemicals. But even the sense of just the home environment. I mean, it's not opening our windows and the oxygen being stale and not obviously being able to go anywhere and just obviously creating lots of dust and bad atmosphere. And whatever else, anything, if anyone else gets up to within the house and atmosphere that causes causes um, the the house atmosphere to be to be horrible. I mean, even in terms of the 
our eyes as well. I was reading the other day about a study about how there's a lot of new sort of diseases coming around in terms of the eyes and the retina of how people are staring at. And this is real. This is real new data. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's some sort of disease that's effect uh, being caused by uh, staring at um, sort of mobile phones and staring at laptops and, the, and what it's actually doing to our eyes and how it's actually, um, well, it's clear to see as well that if we do, as human beings, if we do keep immersing ourselves in a different world to the past, our not only our senses are going to change, but on a physical level, our biological body is going to change. Our eyes will change to to counteract the sort of the unnatural light. Maybe our um, I've heard people talk about this before. Maybe our fingertips are going to evolve and we'll, we'll become degree alien with the big head, all this information, not using our physical bodies. I mean, even if you ask yourself this as well, I mean, this is a this is a measure to see how how fucked up you really are as a human being on this planet. And this is not a dig at anyone. I'm just really trying to give myself a kick up the arse as well as you guys. But if you ask yourself, when was the last time you actually really touched the earth? I mean, really touched the earth with your bare feet? Because when we walk around on our day-to-day basis, we have rubber soles on, we drive cars. Then we go into a sort of a, a warm, conditioned office and work at our desks. But when was the last time you really, really touched the earth? And I think that will really give you a kick up the arse. I mean, even in terms of the senses of the body, the physical body, we don't even listen to the senses within our own body anymore. We numb it out with pharmaceuticals and alcohol. If the body has an ache or a pain, we say, there you go, stupid body, there's some alcohol, shut up, shut up, stupid body. We're not going to listen to you, we're going to ignore you. I mean, even in terms of the inner dialogue in society as well, see, I mean, in in terms of um, sort of tendencies where the where the mind itself is telling you certain things i mean to society obviously it looks like depression but in a way that's just the body's form of communication trying to tell you that you need to change something in your life we sort of numb that sense out with pharmaceuticals and whatever else we're doing i mean i really heard a a very powerful quote about and this is not taking depression lightly but this is a really powerful quote by jim carrey and i remember he said that that depression is just the body's way of um sort of saying that you don't want to be this character anymore and that you need to change up your avatar. And I really do think that is powerful because I think the body, in a sense, uh, on a physical and on a psychological level, gives us signals from many different angles and always tries to correct us on the right path. And as a society, we like to pretend it's something that isn't, isn't right, This, this that inner communication, that inner dialogue isn't, isn't right and we have to numb it out and hide away from it. But really, it's just the body's way of telling you, like Jim Carrey says, that you need to change something up in your life. So I think it's really important and vital to really tune into them senses. Another interesting area that I want to talk about was... Um, was the sense of sort of the sense of longing for something else, and this is something that I've that I've felt within my own life a, a lot, especially over the, maybe the last five or six or seven years, especially when I've been doing this podcast. But within my own sort of self, I've had this deep longing for something more, something else, and I, I do think in general, I think I know a lot of you guys who probably listen to this podcast. You walk around and you sort of um, just like myself when I listen to other podcasts or I read an um, ebook, whatever whatever it is, whatever I'm doing. And I think a lot of times we get have this sort of this deep urging or deep energy within ourselves that is sort of craving something more, like a desire for something else. And I feel it within my own life all the time. Um, and I think, I think what I'm trying to really trying trying to still this down in my own self anyway to really for for me. So I can only speak from my own perspective what I feel it is for myself. But I think, I think we all know that 
as a society in general, we're at this crossroads. I think that crossroads is sort of, it's not just one thing. I think it's many different things. I think it's a crossroads in terms of the whole of humanity, in terms of sort of the survival of humanity. But I think in general, on a sort of a spiritual level, on a, on a more of a psychological and individual level, in our own psyches, I think there's a lot of people who are trying to figure things out and figure out what is our direction in life. And I, I think I'm in that position as well where I'm really trying to trying to just figure out what's my next path in life, what, what should I really be doing. And it is a really hard thing because I've mentioned this many times on the podcast before, but we're, we, we're, we're sort of thrust into this life, whatever this is, whatever this weird game is. And I think we, we come from a position where we, 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 we sort of from a young child, we sort of get steeped in all this programming, all this conditioning. And then we get older and we start sort of trying to unravel that. Maybe some people do, some people don't. Obviously, all you guys who listen to this podcast are unraveling that conditioning, sort of peeling them, peeling the layers of the onion back. But it's really hard because on the one hand, we have this sort of this innate thing within inside of ourselves that knows, knows there's something more. And it's constantly, as the journey keeps unraveling, you feel it more and more and more. I'm sure you relate to that. But at the same time, alongside that, you have the Monday world, which is very distracting. Um, it's amazing at the same time as well. We all know that that's the biggest pull. But a lot lately, I've been having this weird sort of dilemma with the Monday world. As you know, if you've been sort of watching my Instagram stories, anything like that over the last couple of years. But I always talk about how nature, the sense of nature always sort of feels like home. And at the minute, in my own mind, I've got this sort of this battle going on between sort of the world, the sort of the natural world versus the Monday world and the pull between the mon- but, but the pull between the two. And yes, I said there is some amazing things in the Monday world, but at the same time within my own self, there's sort of a longing that it just doesn't quite feel right. There's a sort of a um, dissatisfaction at the things that are going on. It just doesn't feel right. I mean, I'm looking around at the world and we're sort of, I don't want to go into it again, but we're doing so many different, we we know as a civilization, we're doing so many different um, things that aren't good for the planet and good for our own selves. But what I do think it gets down to is, is and what I think the balance is and we need to try and strive towards it and something that I'm trying to strive towards is trying to find the balance between the Monday world and our spirit and our psyches because I think the Monday world is designed in a way to numb that out and I've found it through all my life. There's people And then people around you as well who are sort of, when you start waking up, they'll start um, questioning, questioning this new path that you're on and it makes it harder for yourself. There's so many things anyway. But one of the biggest things is I feel that what the Monday world is doing is I think it's, I really do feel that it's sort of severing our connection with with our spirit. That's what I do feel. I do think we all get a sense in our own lives that there is something more than this physical world. There's more than just the material material objects that we all accumulate for our lives. We're all material beings, we have sort of certain objects, whatever it is around us. But I do get a sense that there is we there is this sort of um, the veil of that understanding is becoming a lot thinner now and more people are becoming aware that there is a lot more to this reality and there's a lot more to ourselves. And there's a, there's, there's a big notion that I'm at at the minute is I really do feel that everything that we do on this planet is sort of a test. It is sort of a... And, I'm, and maybe the, the sense of all these things that are around us, the physical world, the Monday world, maybe it is just a test for us and to make the challenge even harder because what would be the ultimate challenge? The ultimate challenge would be to sort of be tempted tempted by sort of the apple in the garden of eden and sort of um 
tempted of the t- of the lush taste of the apple, which is modern day society, and trying to and even when you taste the apple of how how um, nice the apple is, to try and go against that once you've tasted it. And I think sometimes I do get a sense that what that is what's happening to our to our um to our psyches and to our sort of spirit is that it's being pulled maybe in directions that aren't quite right for us. That's what I feel anyway. And I'm only just speaking again raw from a sort of a personal perspective and trying to find my way through that. But on a positive note, like I said before, I think the veil is becoming thinner and more people are becoming aware of this sort of, this other world, this other dimension or whatever you want to call it. I know that's woo-wee, but there is something more and I think we all get a sense of that. Looking around as well, and I've had a few close friends who've had this problem, which I've noticed and I've felt this within my own self, but I've felt with the, the fast-paced Monday world, and I do feel that, I don't know if it is it's just as you get older, but it feels more, it's get like it's it's getting faster and faster, and the ball's going faster and faster down the hill. I don't know that's just sort of more of a, an age perspective thing, and realising that, that life is so short. But there is sort of a, um, an urgency or a sort of um, a craving within inside of myself that gets this sense that, like a sense of tension, I want to call it really, within me oneself in terms of um, the fast-paced moving world. It doesn't feel right. And there's sometimes in my day-to-day life when I'm walking around and I'm doing certain things and I'm I'm focusing my attention into in things that I don't really want to do or, or whatever it is, you know sometimes how, how the world that we live in, it pulls our attentions into some directions that we have to do for the meantime before, obviously before whatever we change certain things in our lives because we're all working on certain things in our lives and sometimes the tension that that can bring in yourself and I feel it within me it's, it's sort of hard to find that balance and I do get a f- sense that sometimes when I go too far in one direction which is a bad direction and put me attention into sort of things that I don't want to I get this sense within my own body and I've seen it around people around us is this fight or flight response and the only example I can think is when you're driving down a street and um, you're always on edge because I do think that driving's a weird natural state it's not a natural state you're driving down the road and you've got the, the, the sort of unexpected situation where somebody can jump out in front of you, you've got a car pulling out you in front of you and it really is in a constant fight or flight response and this, there's been science done on this as well so you can look this up but there's a lot of sort of, and this is for many different modern day practices, you can do this for all things and feel it, you don't need science to tell you this, you can feel it within your own being. But there's so many different things within our own lives, I think, that we're doing that's keeping us in this fight or flight response. I mean, even if you think when you feel that, when when do you feel at your best and when do I feel at my best? I feel at my best when I'm in nature, when I'm sort of doing my practices, when my body feels opened and aligned, it feels balanced, I feel clean, I'm eating healthy. But I do feel that with the Monday world, when I, for me anyway, when the Monday world's pulling me into these bad habits, I can feel that my body's sort of closing up and becoming more tense and more and more tensions in it, and I think that flight, fight or flight or fright response. I think it really is a big, it really is um, a big cause for a lot of diseases and a lot of sort of um, psychological um, tendencies and a lot of people's minds negative psychological tendencies. Because if you think of a certain, if you think of a, um, if you just get your hand and hold your hand out now and you start closing it and keep it tight, keep it tight, that's tension, keeping it tight, keeping it tight, keeping it tight, keeping it tight, and then eventually you open your hand, it feels a lot better. And I think that's the body, I think it's the mind, I think that's sometimes when we're doing all these bad things, you get a sense of, you get a sense that that's what that's, what that's doing here. But the body, as you know, I think it's, the body is made up of energy, and I think when, when the body sort of becomes, has that state of attention, all that energy sort of being held, it's being grasped, it's being held so much, 
And I think that's when, obviously, a lot of symptoms do occur. So I do think we have to, one thing that I've noticed is I have to manage that energy a lot. It's, it's. I think it's really about sort of trying to keep, keep the, um, keep the body and the mind sort of um, running clean. That's the way I like to call it, running clean in all areas. It's hard to really explain this process as it's very, it is very raw, but I'm sure you understand that process of where you do feel them um, sort of the, the the sort of the tension within the body and what and how and how and and how you can react from them certain points because it, it it is a big thing managing our energy in our lives. It's uh, we are getting in this modern day world. I think we live in a, a toxic world as it is, and I think that we're being pulled all over in many different directions. And I think a big thing is trying to really manage that energy anyway. And that and for me, I do to get to be all honest, is I know how to. I know how to. I know how to solve it. I know how to within my own self. But at the same time, it's trying to remember that balance on it on a daily basis and not neglect it. And do your practices. Do your meditation. Do your yoga. Whatever it is for you, whether it's going for a walk. But we just need to maintain that. Maintain the vessel. Maintain and maintain the mind through them practices. So it's a constant reminder for myself, anyway, as well as well as you. And another big area as well I wanted to talk about something else. I want to talk about the sense of knowledge being power. And I remember when I was about, I think it was about maybe 16 years old, I heard this guy called Akala, who was, who was a UK rapper. I heard him speaking on an interview about how he said, he was speaking about how knowledge is power. And at the time, I remember when I listened to that, I didn't, I never really understood the concept of knowledge is power. I mean, I think when you grow up, you, th- you always think, you always... Um, class sort of strength physical strength or sort of or economic um economic stature in terms of how much money you have is 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 power but i think when he said that statement knowledge is power i didn't really understand it then but now i really do understand it because i do think the most valuable thing that we can have is knowledge Knowledge is such a powerful force in terms of in, when faced with any sort of evil or anything around you, or even just any or, um, or any sort of ignorance around you. As you know, many people around you will sort of when when you're when you're on the path of I've had this example before. I have it all the time. It still happens. I don't think it'll ever go away. When you're on the path of sort of bettering yourself, whatever it is, you'll have people around you who are very ignorant on certain topics, whatever it is, and they'll try and challenge you. But what the knowledge brings within your own self when you have the knowledge. It's very hard for them people to come to you and try and and even tell you that you're doing wrong because you you know once you have the knowledge you know you're on the path. But at the same time, even even when you are faced with adversity in front of you, when you do have the knowledge, you become a, a very um very sort of powerful force for anyone trying to challenge, trying challenging from a negative point of view. Anyway, trying to challenge you. You become a very powerful force, and I think you will feel that in your own life if you, if you sort of, whatever how far you are down the path. Um, I feel that quite a lot when so when you have a lot of sort of um ignorant tendencies, people sort of just throwing things out there, not really questioning, because I think that's what knowledge brings you, and I think all you guys feel it within yourself. The more knowledge that you accumulate, it's not about being better than anyone else, but I think it's about the ability to see and the ability to sense certain situations, the ability to sort of sense bullshit and sense lies. And I think a lot of people on this path who don't have that, as you know, when people come to you with these um, certain things, that the concepts that they say to you and they haven't thought about them well, you will find that once you can, once you have the knowledge, you can see holes in them, in them tendencies and holes in them and flaws in them, things that they're talking about. And from that, you can come from a much better, a balanced position and you can 
um, sort of shine your light on them things or stay balanced within it in a conversation when you're thinking about it. So knowledge really is a powerful thing. And I think it's such a... Um, I remember watching this video a while ago of this guy who was fishing. I've, I've spoke about this a while ago on the podcast, but it was an old guy who was fishing, basically surviving. He was just fishing out, this, out of his local lake where he lived, I think in Alaska or something. And basically he was trying to, the courts were trying to prosecute him, saying that he obviously was fishing illegally. Well, this guy was very, very knowledgeable and I remember this one in particular, he actually ended up making the, the, the judge in the court walk out and the hearing got um, disbanded because the guy obviously completely outwitted her with his knowledge. And I do think that we're living in a time now where we really are under attack, our sort of consciousness is under attack. There really is a war of the mind, as, um, as Graham Hancock says, a, there's a war of consciousness, because there really is, we know this, it's coming from all different angles, psychedelics, um, health, news, every single every single area of our lives, you all, you all know it and you all feel it. And I think it's really, we are in a valuable time where we have to sort of, we have to keep working on our knowledge within ourselves, keep building it, keep keep penetrating them forces within ourselves every single day. And like I said, it's not from a sort of, um, it's not from an um, ego point of view, it's just a more about finding yourself and building up the forces within yourself so that you can make better choices in your lives. And I think you all know that. And even to go even deeper, I do feel and get a sense that there is maybe some sort of evil evil in the world i think you can all see it around you evil forces i know some people call it sort of the elite of the world i don't know what it is you can call it whatever you want but there is something going on in this world and it's and there is sort of um an evil that does permeate through this existence and through this life and through our day-to-day lives i mean and sometimes in general when we look around at the world we see so many different people fighting and battles from all different angles and really are facing it head on. I mean, we have people like Julian Assange, for example, who was obviously exposing um, corrupt a lot of corruption, and he's somebody who has been sort of put in prison. And the and the, the the things that's going on with him is absolutely out, outrageous. And there's many different people that's happened for all history. I could name hundreds of thousands of names. I could name holistic doctors, people who are having alternate perspectives on cancer, people who are, are creating inventions on new sort of water systems or energy systems, whatever it is. People and good has always been repressed for all history, and it's clear to see, and I'm sure you will know this, that there's a there is a war going on. There's a war going on, and it's a lot deeper than just the physical. It's something beyond it. I kind of put my finger on it yet, but there is something, and I know that sounds out there, but there is something going on. And I'm not talking about sort of reptilians and stuff like that. It doesn't have to go that far. <laughs> but I'm I'm not going I'm not going David Icke on you. <laughs> but anyway, I just mean that there is something going on there is some sort of evil going on and i think that we we have to keep building up the forces within ourselves and i, I love this and what what about what's hilarious and what's i think is wild is that if you look around the world like i said julian assange and people like that there's it's clear to say that that a lot of people that the forces of the of the evil the forces of the dark whatever you want to call them they seem to be just doing whatever they want now they just seem to be I mean, they're killing people in plain sight now. They're doing... I mean, if you look at a guy called Nipsey Hussle, he was an interesting guy, a rapper from America who was bringing, shining a light on many different interesting topics. Um, Like I said, Julie, looking at Julian Assange, he's somebody who's 
exposing a lot of information and he had to sort of obviously he's been put in prison now there's many different people on many different fronts who are doing interesting stuff but at the same time it seems to be that these forces of evil are operating in clear sight now it seems like they don't even care what people think that it seems like they've just they've just obviously lost faith in, in humanity in general maybe that is they just think that they think that we can they can just do it which it's clear to see that they are just doing all these different practices i mean some of the things that they are doing it's clear to see everyone in the media for example i just give an example now was the first one for me and one of the big ones that woke a lot of people up was 9-11 clearly 1 million percent an inside job and i mean people now i mean there was a i seen a it was i think this was in the uk somebody walked around as like an alternative media channel they walked around london and they asked they asked i think it was like a thousand people on the street did you do you think 9-11 was an inside job and i think there was one person who said it wasn't i mean and if you can you can do that for many different topics now i mean people like for julian assange you can ask many people do you think do you think he was um he should have been put in prison no 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 but he was still put in prison so they still got a wheel fit so there is this thing where at the minute which it is quite depressing at the minute where a lot of there's a lot of things going on and the the evil of the world are doing all these things and they just getting a wheel fit and people in the hearts you listen at this now you know it's bad but at the same time it's it feels like the the powers to be are just doing it and they know that there's not going to be no repercussions they can do what they want i don't know if this is because we're in this mix mixed of where between sort of the balance between the sort of yin and yang or the good and the light whatever you want to call it where a lot of people are waking up but at the same time they know that they have to sort of try and get whatever they're doing over the line i, I don't know but this there's just something weird going on now where in the past they would do it behind closed doors and they would do it secretly but now they just seem to, it just they don't care they don't care anymore which is is quite scary at the same time they're just going to do what they have to do But like I said, I think this goes beyond the physical. And I read this quote the other day, and it was it's such a beautiful quote. I've heard it many times. It's by a guy called Pierre um, Teilhard de Jean. And it says that we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. And I really do feel that there is, like I said before, there is a lot more going on than this physical. <laughs> Who knows what this world is? Who knows what this this crazy ride is? I mean, I've talked to people on this podcast before, like Tom Campbell, who says it's a simulation and this world is a creation of consciousness. I've talked to many different people, but it's clear to see, and I'm sure you all, I'm sure you're all at this point, that there is something more than just these physical bodies. There's something more than just these meat suits. There is something deeper and beyond that that is going on. And I think I do, like I said before, I think there is a war for that. And I think we have to protect our own sort of protect our own spirits. I mean, it's clear to see that connection is being dis- disrupted. I mean, we look around the world; it's been disrupted for many, for thousands of years. I mean, the Native Americans were clearly in touch with that. All these Native cultures around the world were clearly in touch with that. And I mean, even if you think about the film, I know this is obviously just a made-up story, but it, in a, in a sense, it's not really because if you look at the sense of Avatar in the film that was going on there, where obviously they were protecting sort of the the people of in the film of, of Avatar had this sort of secret connection to the land, they were really in touch on a spiritual level. I mean, that is us, really. That is us. That's what we have really done to ourselves. I mean, the Native Americans were there. All the cultures of the past were living at one with the land. And it's clear to see if you read all these different scriptures 
and you look at all this evidence of the ancient pyramids there is definitely something that has been going on on this planet in terms of consciousness uh, there is some sort of i don't know what it is i don't know there's some sort of larger um larger cycle of nature larger cycle of consciousness going on i mean if you look at all the different i mean the mayan cultures the uh, the egyptian cultures they all predicted this sort of this 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 cycle i think they called it i might be wrong with this i'm sure they call it they did call it the carl Junger. but anyway they i'm not sure what the particular name is but you'll have to look it up but if you type in egyptian cycles of consciousness they believed that there were certain cycles that permeated through the universe and and as a humanity we would go through different stages of consciousness so in the past when they built the pyramids they were in sort of this golden era where everything was rosy the the, the consciousness on the planet was a lot better then it said that eventually it would it would sort of dip and it would go into this more sort of masculine state this more ego driven state which is clear to say that it has happened and done that in the past then it said eventually now if you look at this it's on the sort of a rise i know this sounds wooey but it's i mean it's clear to say that that consciousness is definitely sort of at this crossroads now where it's on this point of changing and there's more people just like yourself you wouldn't be listening to this podcast now if you're not wanting to find yourself just like myself i wouldn't be doing this conversation now if i didn't want to spread spread information to people it's clear to see that we are sort of there is this emergence more and it, it's very it's very um it's clear to see that there is this emergence happening now in the world but just to sort of to close that close that point anyway and close that run i do feel that we do have to fight for everything we've got in terms of the psyche and the spirit i think you all feel it you all feel it around yourselves i feel it within me and i think i do get a sense that this what this this emergence of say people i don't know what it is people i feel it within my own self people wanting to live alternative lives whether it's get a van people wanting to do yoga people wanting to meditate people wanting to put their energy into positive egos egos um, systems people wanting to put their energy into creativity creativity devas i do get a sense that this is an emergence of that it's emergence of the, of the healing it's, a, it's of that deep spiritual healing and i think I mean, there's a talk that I'm going to put at the end of this podcast as well that's come to mind now anyway. But at the end of the talk that I'm going to put, it talks about how... I think it's Graham, it's Graham Hancock speaking. I heard it a while ago. But it's Graham... It'll be perfect for this. But it's Graham Hancock speaking about how... How maybe on a collective level, maybe on a... On a, on a in, sorry, on an individual level, on a sort of grand scale, we can't impact this planet on a, on a massive scale... But on an individual level, we certainly can. We can sort of change our own patterns, focus on our own patterns, sort of um, live more sustainable. Whatever, whatever it is to you, whatever it feels more aligns to you. I'm not saying it's more living more sustainable, but whatever it is to you, find that, find that path, stay on that path, keep going, keep going, keep going, and that is how we will make change. So, I am hopeful. I am hopeful. I, I keep, I keep being hopeful every single day. But we do have to fight. We have to keep fighting. So anyway just to play this podcast conversation out which is in relation to this talk it's called this is called um it's this is a it's called i kind of pronounce this but it's called froth's Pro- prophecy but it's basically a text from the hermetic principles the text and it's read by graham hancock it's such a powerful talk i've listened to this about several i've listened to this several times in the past this was actually recommended and by a listener called ellen ellen de costa she recommended this 
for me to check out a while ago and I've listened to it many times now and there's not one time that I've not listened to this and I haven't I haven't shed a tear or, or felt the tingles on my arms. It really is a powerful passage. So anyway, just to play this conversation out and I think it's related and sums up everything that I've been talking about today. I hope that I didn't waffle on too much. Sometimes I get passionate about these things. So anyway, this was just an observe me thoughts, just a bonus, a quick one for this week. There'll be another podcast out very soon in a couple of days' time. So anyway, enjoy this speech by Graham Hancock. It is such a powerful one, it really is. We, uh, we live at a crossroads, there's no doubt. We all feel it, we all know it. I don't think it's the first time that mankind has stood at such crossroads but here we are now facing it and hopefully dealing with it I'm going to close with a reading from the Hermetica from the Hermetic texts Hermes was the Greek version of the ancient Egyptian god Thoth the Romans knew him as uh, Mercury and uh, in a dialogue the Hermetica Many of them are dialogues between Thoth Hermes and various pupils of his. And in one called the Asclepius, uh, a lament is presented. And it's like a prophecy. It's a bit like the Mayan prophecy. Egypt seems to stand as a metaphor for the whole world in this. And to my mind, for the world in our time, this lament, this prophecy is speaking directly to us. So it's Hermes speaking, and he's saying to Asclepius this, do you know Asclepius, that Egypt is an image of heaven? Or to speak more exactly, in Egypt, all the operations of the powers which rule and work in heaven are present in the earth below. In fact, it should be said that the whole cosmos dwells in this our land, as in a sanctuary. And yet, since it is fitting that wise men should have knowledge of all events before they come to pass, you must not be left in ignorance of what I will now tell you. There will come a time when it will have been in vain that Egyptians have honored the Godhead with heartfelt piety and service, and all our holy worship will be fruitless and ineffectual. The gods will return from earth to heaven. Egypt will be forsaken, and the land which was once the home of religion will be left desolate, bereft of the presence of its deities. O oh, Egypt, Egypt, of thy religion nothing will remain but an empty tale, which thine own children in time to come will not believe. Nothing will be left but graven words, and only the stones will tell of thy piety. And in that day, men will be weary of life, and they will cease to think the universe worthy of reverent wonder and worship. They will no longer love this world around us, this incomparable work of God, this glorious structure which he has built, this sum of good made up of many diverse forms, this instrument whereby the will of God operates in that which he has made ungrudgingly favoring man's welfare. This combination and accumulation of all the manifold things that call forth the veneration, 
praise and love of the beholder. Darkness will be preferred to light, and death will be thought more profitable than life. No one will raise his eyes to heaven. The pious will be deemed insane, the impious wise, the madman will be thought a brave man, and the wicked will be esteemed as good. As for the soul, and the belief that it is immortal by nature or may hope to attain to immortality, as I have taught you, all this they will mock and even persuade themselves that it is false. No word of reverence or piety, no utterance worthy of heaven will be heard or believed. And so the gods will depart from mankind, a grievous thing, and only evil angels will remain who will mingle with men and drive the poor wretches into all manner of reckless crime, into wars and robberies and frauds and all things hostile to the nature of the soul. Then will the earth tremble and the sea bear no ships. Heaven will not support the stars in their orbits. All voices of the gods will be forced into silence. The fruits of the earth will rot. The soil will turn barren and the very air will sicken with sullen stagnation. All things will be disordered and awry. All good will disappear. But when all this has befallen Asclepius, then God, the creator of all things, will look on that which has come to pass and will stop the disorder by the counterforce of his will, which is the good. He will call back to the right path those who have gone astray. He will cleanse the world of evil, washing it away with floods, burning it out with the fiercest fire and expelling it with war and pestilence. And thus he will bring back his world to its former aspect, so that the cosmos will once more be deemed worthy of worship and wondering reverence. And God, the maker and maintainer of the mighty fabric, will be adored by the men of that day with continuous songs of praise and blessing. Such is the new birth of the cosmos. It is a making again of all things good, a holy and awe-inspiring restoration of all nature, and it is wrought inside the process of time by the eternal will of the Creator. I don't know whether we're going to face some terrible global catastrophe or not. I certainly hope not. I hope it will not come down to misery and horror awful, awful things. There's enough of that in the world already. But I do remember what all the ancient texts say. There isn't a single flood myth, there isn't a single story of the destruction of past civilizations that don't implicate humanity in the story somewhere. Our own behavior, what we do, is part of what we're bringing down on the world right now. We are, what we are, what we are manifesting in the world, that is what is coming towards us. We are the authors of this thing and we can change the story if we want to change it. I firmly believe that. Are we looking at the traces of a forgotten episode in human history? I think so. I think that's, that's what's going on here. And because we've forgotten it, because we are a species with amnesia, because we are so much a mystery to ourselves, perhaps it's because of that that we're so lost and so troubled today, so haunted by the sense of something missing, something that we need to know uh, about ourselves. 
For the ancient Egyptians, the essential mystery of human existence concerned our spiritual essence. Um, that we are participating in this theater of experience that we call life and the world in, in an immense endeavor aimed at the perfection uh, of the soul. I've talked with shamans uh, in the Amazon and when I've asked them what, what do you think is the problem with the world? What, what's the problem with the West? They say it's, it's very simple. You've severed your connection with spirit. You've cut the link. And you have to restore that link if you're going to move forward from here. You can't, you can't move forward from the place you're in if you don't restore the connection to spirit. And that seems to me the most, the most fundamental task uh, that, that all of us now, now face. Not these exterior trappings of power that have brought such horror and misery to the world. This is the moment of crossroads that we stand at. None of us can affect changes on a macro level. It's impossible to do so. Um, but we can make changes on a micro level. We can make changes in our own lives. We can make changes in our immediate surroundings. Changes for the better. Changes driven by love. <laughs> so overwhelming is the notion of of, of global destruction. No, I can't stop that, but I can stop what I'm doing to contribute to it. And if we all do that, then I believe a huge change in consciousness will come and the world can move on and we can look forward to a future for our children and our children's children and once again bring this bright, beautiful, jewel garden of a planet, bring it back to the place it should be in our lives.